in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the mild-mattered Glenn Stansberry. That's right. By day, I am but a humble web developer. <laughs> but by night, I'm also a humble super gentleman. Super gentleman. That's yeah. that's been, yes. Um, yeah. I uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of gentleman, Glenn, uh, you are mild-mannered, very even keel, I'd say. Yeah, for the most part. We are co-founders of a little site on the internet called gentleman.com gentleman.com is uh all thing it could be mild-mannered if needed just a a, a dose of laid-back um <clears throat> southern california <laughs> attitude that's right uh you can get that gentleman.com but maybe you know it's almost you know it's getting into october mm-hmm. maybe you need some chills and thrills Ooh. you can find those on gentleman.com too. yes uh, so there's just a lot of stuff going on over there. Um, I would say your best bet would be to go on over there right now and look through all of the pages on the site. You won't be disappointed. No, I think that I can categorically say that if you do that, it will not only take you several days, but you will find something on every page mm-hmm. that's going to tickle your fancy. Mm. Let's just say that. Mm. Uh, anyway, once, you, once you've done that, once you've had your fancy tickled, uh, you can go over to a little site we like to call podcast.gentleman.com. Um, and there, surprisingly, uh, you will find our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little creative with the title there. Um, and you can what you can do there is find out uh, about some of the links we're going to talk about in the show tonight. And then you can also go back and listen to 121 previous episodes of the gentleman.com podcast. Um, what you're going to want to do now, because I'm afraid if you listen to this podcast, you're not going to want to go listen to 121 other episodes. No. Not to say it's not good, mm. but I just trust me on this. I think if you're already interested, I'd say just go ahead and take that step right now. Yeah. Just take the plunge. Um, that would be great. And then once you've done that, once you've listened to all 121 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast, the final thing you need to do is get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, which you'll no doubt want to do. I'm sure that you will be up in arms about something that we've said and you are welcome to send us a letter and discuss those concerns uh the gentleman mailbag is set up for just such a situation you can send a letter over to the gentleman mailbag at peel box 442305 lawrence kansas 66044 we'll get your letter we will put it up on the hall slash walls fame which we know is of fame and uh then we're gonna talk about the gentleman podcast and we will also likely depending on the nature of your letter, send you something in return mm-hmm. for taking the time out of your day to communicate with the Gentleman Podcast to the good old USPS. Um, support your local USPS. Mm. It's a great service. Did you know, Brian, that the Postal Service will send someone to your house and pick up your letters and take them and mail them for you? I didn't know that they would send somebody to your house, particularly to like. It, are you talking about on demand to your mailbox every day? Oh yeah, somebody. Oh yeah, will come to your house every That's day. What that red flags for? See, I just, I don't know. It's just and, and 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 every day they will also put things in your mailbox. So like credit card offers, uh, mm. magazines you yeah. never asked for, special uh, deals, bills, uh, payday loans, pizza coupons, all kinds of stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, I you know I'm always surprised about the the treasure trove of stuff that I get from the post office. Mm, mm-hmm. Every every day it seems like I get something really really fun. But but you got to look through it all. Yeah, oh I do because I consider everything yeah. that time where you just see a bunch of spa- uh, not spam when you see a bunch of uh, uh, non essential mail and you chuck it all in the trash can is the day that you threw away. That's right. An important the publisher's clearinghouse yeah. sweepstakes <laughs> winning ticket. Uh, I'm Ed man. Look. I don't want to brag, but me and Glenn were getting regular letters from Michael Dell. Yes. Um, telling us Filling. about uh, his company and his new products yeah. that he's putting out. 
So that was pretty. And it had, there were nice pictures. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't expensive. Not a cheap um, mailing to send us. He's a, he's a big fan of the site. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Glenn. Well, getting back on track. Mm. Uh, failing going to your local post office and using their services. One thing that you could do instead would be to send an email over to the podcast, howdyatgentleman.com. You can do that. Or you can go all to like one of the various you know, social networks. You know the ones I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, hotornot.com. Hot or right? Not. Yeah. AOL.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tinder. Tinder, yeah. Um, Alta Vista. Alta Vista. InfoSeek. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> um, and you can ask us questions. Um <laughs> Hopefully Jeeves uh, get those questions over to him. Uh, anyway, Glenn, so the point is get in touch with us, listen to the podcast, go to gentleman.com. Those are the holy trinity of things that you need to do yep. uh, to support gentlemen. That's right. In our endeavors. All right, Glenn. Well, we've got that taken care of. And that means it's time to get into the media episode, which is the drink of the week this week, Glenn. Brian, we work for the people, right? This, this right. show isn't about us. What That's we right. do when we rate beers, it's not for us. Right. It's to raise awareness of good beers and raise awareness of bad beers. And our job isn't always sunshine, roses, and, and puppy dogs, That's right? right. Sometimes we go into some dark areas That's right. of beer. We gotta, we gotta take one for the team occasionally. And I'm afraid to say that we're gonna do that tonight. Well, we don't know yet because we haven't, we haven't had it. I'm afraid to say that I'm afraid we're gonna be doing that tonight. You're scared you're afraid. I, I, I shouldn't let my, you know, preconceived notions cloud my judgment here so but i've had these beers on tap and i don't know many beers that get better once they've been put into a can um i can't think of any up top of my head can you, you got any no okay no. well <clears throat> we we have kind of harped on this uh brewing company it's a local brewing company it was born from a local restaurant henry t's in north kansas which we love which we love we love henry t's and one day they decided to brew their own beer and in doing so, they decided to take out all the other beer off their menu and force you to drink the beer that they brew. This is a sports bar. Mm-hmm. And they took away all the third-party beers. This is like a monopolistic behavior, mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. They're forcing you to drink their own right. concoctions. Right. And I won't do it. Except for now, which we will do. Um, <laughs> we will definitely not. <laughs> Tonight we will do that. Except for in the name of science. Yes. And so the other nice thing... Uh, not the other nice thing. The other interesting thing about this brewing company, Brian, is that we have a little inside information. That's right. Um, we know. Uh, we we I, I have a man on the inside. We've right. kept our ears to the ground and our mm-hmm. nose to the grindstone. And this person has single-handedly uh, gone in and inspected the brewing operations for Scissor Tail. Excuse me, for Yankee Tank Brewing Company. And the thing is, is that this person. In question, uh, we basically hired a private dick to go. Oh, Brian! <laughs> uh, hey, kids! That's a Uncle detective. Brian is uh, That's generally. A oh, oh, right, right. Oh, yeah, right, right. So, um, yeah, we basically hired a PI to go check this right. out. And this this person is actually a brewmaster themselves. And yeah, we brews, hired a very qualified PI, right. <laughs> and and went in and actually brewed with that equipment. <laughs> And, and gave us just, a report. We're not just taking little pictures of stuff or and, anything like that. Right. And I'm going to tell you, this is verbatim what this brewmaster said. They said, the beer tastes infected because, infected was the word used, infected because they don't use, they, 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 they house their grains in an, uh, a non-temperature regulated storage environment. Uh, and we live in Kansas, where the highs are high and the lows are low, and there's always humidity. Yeah. That's Kansas. Yeah. Uh, at least where we are in Kansas. Yeah. And so that's not good. So instead of investing in making their uh, beer better on tap, they went straight to bottling it. They put the bottle before the cart, as it were. Right. Anyway, so this, I fear, is going to be an example of how not to brew a beer. So, this will be a cautionary tale for all you brewmasters out there. I know there's, we have some in the gentleman community who brew their own beer, and so I, I thought this one might be a, a good other side, you know, another yeah. story, another way. Uh, yeah. Well, this would be interesting. I don't know. We're just going to have to see. We are. But Let's see what happens. We do have some facts. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah this is it. a scissor tail ale. And, and uh, Brian and I are ale guys. We like ales. Mm-hmm. A good deal. Yep. 
Uh, and it's 5.2 alcohol by volume. The price was $8.99, which is just above the median here in Lawrence, Kansas. And it has 17 IBUs, so very low on the hop scale. And it is... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, on paper... On paper. On paper, this is looking mm-hmm. pretty good for mm-hmm. us, right? And get this, Brian. This will this will ring your bell here. It's a thirst-quenching light cream ale. Doesn't that sound delicious? It does. It's kind of hot today, too. It was warm. Yeah. I don't think it was unseasonable. It was warm. Yeah. Still warm. Still warm. So this is this should, by all rights, be a very refreshing beer, Brian. We're setting up the perfect scenario. We've got the perfect customers. Yep. Perfect day. Perfect environment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're setting up an ultimately... Mm-hmm. A local beer? We a love local, local, we local we products. Love, love local. Yeah, we try. Yeah. Kansas products. So... Yeah. Yankee Tank. Don't let us down here. How much was the price we say? Eight ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six okay. cans mm. of Yankee Tank. Mm. Uh, a couple, couple things to note. Uh, the can has uh, the uh, wrapper on the outside. The uh, you know the put any one of them on there, slap any wrapper on kind of deal. I see more and more of these, mm-hmm. and it just pisses me off. Those two, yeah. Because you you're you're charging me nine dollars for this thing. Go get a real, like a real can made. Are we so lazy we can't put it in real cans? I. I, I think so. Oh, my gosh. You know they've got, like, waitresses from the bar back there affixing. <laughs> uh, seriously, like... Before they serve You got it. time to lean. You got time to put stickers on. <laughs> you got time to stick. Uh, can't, okay, anyway, sorry. All right, All right Brian. Oh, got to get my... Oh, it sounds good. Yeah. Creamy. Oh, it's, it smells like beer. All right. Here we go. Salud. Hmm. Tastes like sweet water. Brian, have you have you ever had a beer that tasted like wine? That's what we have right now. And you know what? Maybe maybe it's a power suggestion here, but I taste that infection. <laughs> How about you? You feeling it? Uh, some uh, penicillin in this can, I believe. Or rather, need some. Oh boy. So I will say this: it's not repulsive. It's not repulsive. This is like Costco beer, or yeah. Remember we got those worse. Costco beers. Yeah, yeah. Except kind of reminds me of actually. It kind of does. That's basically what it tastes like. Except the Costco beer, I paid like ten cents less a piece. than half. Yeah, it was like ten cents a piece. So that would be uh, <laughs> sixty cents right. for those beers. <clears throat> yeah, it was very. It was a very cheap cheap buy i want to say like i don't know four dollars for a six pack or something like that three dollars for a six pack this was nine dollars for a six pack with a sticker on it okay well glenn uh hmm. wish these had a wider mouth on them because i could just do you get it that you is know, true they don't have band-aid the, it just get band-aid it done it. with <laughs> pull it get don't it. worry brian we got another can after this uh, too uh, okay, Glenn. Well, what, if you were going to put a rating on this uh, scissor tail ale, um, what would you what would you say that would be? This is hard because I feel like a lot of the beers we rate, they're all at the same kind of echelon in terms of quality and taste. Like we don't deviate too far from mm-hmm. nothing. Really goes much lower than a seven. Yeah. Um, this, on the other hand, will go lower than a seven. I yeah. feel. Um, What's the lowest rate on Iron Maiden beer? Yeah, Iron Maiden. Maybe the Goes. The Goes was pretty low. <laughs> but that was more like we had no idea what we were doing, what we were getting ourselves into. Yeah. And then yeah. it was just a slap to the face. We knew it was coming with this one. Yeah. Still didn't help. Um, yeah. Gosh. Um, I think I'm going to have to give this. I think this is in the fives. Wow. That's pretty brutal. I'm going to give it a wow. 5.7. Wow, dude. That's pretty, pretty rock rough man yeah i i think i'm just most pissed off about the price and the price. fact that and the fact that i know that they aren't investing in their they're just trying to make money from it and that really yeah. cheeses me off so i'm not being very partial on this one yeah it's impartial true. rather it's true it's true well it's t- it was i was gonna be tough i was gonna go in the mid sixes mm-hmm. um you're too kind but i you know based on what you're just saying i think i'm gonna bump that down to a six four okay low sixes i mean it's not the worst tasting beer in the world. No, um, and it's is it the most frustratingly tasting beer in the world? Maybe, maybe based on the backstory. 
Um, you know, normally normally it wouldn't be a big deal uh, if a local sports bar came out with their own beer and they were trying to get it out there and all that stuff. But um, the thing for me is just the fact that they replaced all their own taps. And when they started, when they announced that they were going to do this, mm-hmm. they said in their menus, like, we want to offer high-quality beer at a low price. Mm-hmm. So, because, like, this, these craft beers are all getting out of control in price and we want to... <laughs> You know, make it. We want to like help our customers out, basically. Psych. And then that quickly got dropped. Yeah. And all their beers at their place are expensive, and it's their beer, and so they're just making more money off it, basically. So that whole thing got dropped like a bad habit. If their wings weren't so good, I would never set foot in that place again. I will forgive them. Based on their wing game. <laughs> it is on point. It is very it is very good. <clears throat> I wish I could quit you and yeah. tease. But yeah, I can't. We'll, we'll be broke back in it. Because I love your delicious wings. Mm. Okay, Glenn. Well, you know who doesn't love their delicious... Deli- <laughs> delicious. <laughs> their delicious wings. Uh, is the MTS computer. The MTS, the mustache twist scale computer, the proprietary algorithm-based machine learning AI computer that we built in order to empirically rate beer. And uh, how this basically works is we type some facts in the MTS computer, and it uses machine learning, AI, mm-hmm. uh, deep learning, algorithm, uh, data science to extrapolate a, a empirical, scientifically provable score for this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's type some figures into the MTS computer. Uh, basically, we said that this was eight ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alcohol by volume was, I think, 5.6%. 5.2%. The alcohol by volume was 5.2%. There were 17 IBUs. Um, this is a cream ale. Well, thirst quenching. Light thirst, cream ale. Yeah. And then we said that this was being produced by the Yankee Tank Brewery, mm-hmm. the same people that own Free State. Mm-hmm. and Or not Free State, I'm sorry. The same people that own Henry T's. And uh, they promised us cheap beer, and they lied about it. We did get cheap beer. and Oh, we did? We got cheaply made beer. Cheaply made beer, but not cheap beer. Not in price. No. Okay. So I think the MTS computer should know about that as well. I think it already does. Okay. Uh, so let me just flip that print off for a second, and we will uh, we'll get the empirical score on the uh, from the Scissor Tail Ale from Yankee Tank Brewery. Mm. And when I said brewery, I put that in air quotes. Um, <laughs> Warehouse with okay, gray. Uh, with no uh, temperature control. I am going to go get this uh, report, and I will sit back down and, and talk to you about it. Brian, while you're doing that, I would like to point out that I do know that things are going to get better, right? They can't get worse Oh, for, this for Yankee Tank. They've oh, got okay. a new brewmaster in there who's supposedly pretty good. I mean, he's, he's limited by what the uh, company will... Give them a term of resources, but uh, hmm. I feel like things can get better. Gotta believe it's getting better. That's right. All the time. That's right. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, this can't get fancy report came off the MTS computer. Okay. And I'm pretty interested to find out, mm-hmm. you know, what the story is with this. Um, so let's just dive right in here. Um, I'm going to get through here. It's a, oh, so it had the whole report. Okay. And it's got the temperature control thing. Um, we got, yeah, a little history on Henry T's and Lawrence, and then, um, got the score right about here. Found it. All right. Uh, and the score is actually a 6.1. Woo. Oh, Brian. Is that a new low? It might be. Iron know, Maidens, I think, was in, in the, the six. Was in, in the, the sixes, six. but I feel like it was mid to high. I felt like, I felt like the MTS computer was a little bit being kind with that one you know, it's so so smart it's starting yeah. to have human like compassion for uh the singer yeah. the singer of iron maiden i i yeah so it's learning right yeah. always learning always learning i'm uh just perusing around the yankee tank brewing instagram page oh yeah there's lots of insightful things here measuring hops you know hmm yeah, it's a riveting follow. Okay, well that's great to know. Um, okay, moving on, Glenn. Let's get to some interesting posts from Gentleman dot com in the last two weeks or so. All right. Well, there's some great stuff posted the past couple of weeks. Uh, you may have remembered, Brian, that there were um, some unfortunate world events that were going on. The week namely, that was. yeah, the week, 
in uh, terms of uh, weather, yes, few hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a tough time. Yep. And oh, sorry. And uh, no, no tougher time than um, in Florida with with uh, the Irma hurricane. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston also had a terrible time as well, but. Uh, the, the attack in particular was posted by you, Ryan, that we're going to feature here, and it's called, excuse me, it's titled Sign Language Interpreter Warned of Pizza and Bear Monster at the Irma Briefing. And this this is one of those things where you, you want to laugh at it, and at the same time, you know it caused a lot of distress for people, yes. this event that happened. Yeah, um, definitely. But the New York Times uh, reported, as did other networks, uh, or news networks, that... Uh, during um, as as Hurricane Irma was coming towards tor- towards Florida, officials in Manatee County held a press briefing on, on uh, online and on TV, and basically were giving evacuation instructions and things like that. And what happened was, is the interpreter standing next to whoever was giving the press briefing um, was having a tough time. First of all, uh, if first of all. Most interpreters never wear like flesh tone colors. Mm. They use things that contrast the color of their skin, so that way people can easily see their hands. And he was wearing a bright yellow shirt. <laughs> also, he looked a little out of place. Uh, he just didn't look like uh, you know. It, it just a little off putting. But the other thing too was that he was having a hard time um, getting the message across. And by yeah. the message, I mean he was. Uh, so, for example. Uh, the lady giving the press conference said, we just need you to be safe. And then she told those in low-lying areas and flood zones to seek higher ground and consider staying in shelters. But for the deaf of hard of hearing, the message was quite different. Pizza, the interpreter, appeared to sign. And then Bear Monster. <laughs> uh, which this would be is a little confusing a little and off-putting. Disconcerting if uh, they were given a press conference. This just in. Pizza Bear, Bear Monster. Monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, not funny, but... Uh, so anyway, it turns out I feel bad for this guy because yeah. um, I was just gonna say for for for, for starters, my sister in law is hard of hearing and uh, she teaches at a deaf school actually. So I uh, I've been around a lot of interpreters and just know a lot just basically talking with her. Mm-hmm. And um, he was basically they didn't have an actual interpreter. He was somebody's uh, brother, right? Or had a relative who was hard of hearing, right? And so he knew some sign language, mm-hmm. which meant that he was just trying to keep up and finger spell, like like instead of knowing the actual sign yeah. for the word, he was right. like spelling it out with his fingers. And yeah, he was just having a rough day. It was a rough day, and he had to do two of these press conferences. That's a tough. Yeah. So I feel bad for this guy. He was just doing his best to help out. Yeah. And he was probably nervous. Yeah. Um. I I, I still don't know where you get pizza bear monster. Like how how those signs get sprinkled into the. I didn't know there was a sign for Bear Monster. <laughs> I know pizza. Oh, okay. I know pizza. I, I don't know Bear Monster. <laughs> Maybe he was just hungry or something. <laughs> just can't. It's like, you know, a Snickers commercial. Like, can't do your job. Can't focus. Yeah. Want to get away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel bad for this dude. But it's it's tough because uh, yeah, I think it would have almost been better to not have anyone there. Because you don't want to confuse. Like, confusing people is the worst thing you want to do. Yeah. In that scenario. Um, just so, have somebody typing it out on the screen or something. Yeah, that could work. Closed caption kind of yeah. Um Well, anyway, hopefully he's his career as a interpreter is done over before it began. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I mean, eventually, uh, the other part of this that was <clears throat> pretty cool is they had um, a... So somebody who was hard of hearing was watching. I was like, this is rubbish. I can't even... I have no idea what's going on. And so with the help of a relative, she re-recorded the message mm. um she had she and her relative worked together to put out a psa for the hard of hearing that actually Was gave the, the proper right yeah <laughs> talked about how to evacuate uh the area and everything so all's I well see. that ends well except for right. the hurricane part but right anyway yeah not much to be done about that no <laughs> not much to be done about that um okay glenn that was interesting uh Never thought of that something like that would happen, but I've always wondered about that. You know, uh, being you know in that situation where somebody starts going too fast or something, they can't really get it done. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then a little moving on. We have something that was posted by you. Yeah. And uh, this is called Warren Buffett wins one million dollar decade bet that the S and P five hundred beats hedge funds. Um, and this is a little uh, news story from AEI. Org. I have no idea what that is. Well, I frequent that site often. 
it's um it's, uh, it's a a same. uh you know it doesn't really say what that stands for yeah it's, it's, it's i'm sure it stands for a completely reputable uh news yes site. uh so anyway uh warren buffett american enterprise institute brian uh the american Obviously. enterprise institute yeah love not that big place. at all i uh, love it um <laughs> so warren buffett um is an investor he invests in things hmm. you know and he's pretty good at it. Uh, one of the best of all time. And um, he... Oracle from Omaha. He's... he Around 2005, he made some bold statements in uh, Berkshire Hathaway's 2005 annual report. He gives an annual report every year to give the state of, you know, state of the union, basically, on Berkshire Hathaway. And he was advocating that the S&P 500 be a better, better investment for people than... Uh, a lot of hedge funds uh, that were out there that are actually charging a lot of fees because they go get these superstar financial advisor groups right. to go make decisions on which funds to be involved with. And um, so he he basically kind of issued a challenge a couple years later, and he said, you know, if that's the case, if you guys are worth, you know, the money, then prove it. Like, I think the S&P 500 is going to beat you guys, and I want to challenge anyone out there that does one of these hedge funds to go up against the S&P 500 over the next 10 years and see what's what. So, uh, strangely, um, Mr. Buffett's call for action went unheeded. Almost what? nobody, almost nobody took him up on the challenge. Wow. <laughs> Why wouldn't they so do that? they, um... So they, so he kind of kept ribbing him and kept ribbing him, and then finally somebody stepped up to the plate and he said, <laughs> "You know, I will take this challenge. I will select these hedge funds, and we will do this thing." And I'm not going to get into the details of the of the thing, but basically he went up against one of the best hedge fund managers in the world. Warren Buffett did, yeah. Okay, and all Warren Buffett did was invest, I believe, in the uh, Vanguard uh, S and P 500 index fund. Which has like probably one of the lowest fees uh, of any fund, and based on that, um, the the results were pretty stunning. Um, uh, the other the guy picked five groups of funds, so he was able to pick five different ones. Diversified, and um, the S and P five hundred basically beat the pants off of all of them except for one. Uh, the S and P five hundred had an eighty five percent return over the decade. Uh, and one of the funds that the guy picked, or groups of funds, what, uh, got a 60, 62.8 return. But the other ones got an 8.7, a 28%, a 2.9%, and a 7.5%. Mm. So the idea is that if one of the best hedge fund managers in the world is only right 20% of the time, mm-hmm. um, got to go with the S P 500. Got to go with that. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer. And you don't have to think about anything, right? Right. You just it, leave it alone. And you're not paying some some schmo to push funds around and right. charge you money for it, right? Right, right. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of heated discussions about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a debatable thing. But really, when you look at the numbers, um, I'm pretty much on the side of Mr. Buffett here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll throw my weight behind his advice on investing any day of the week. He's done it before. A couple times. Uh, another interesting thing about uh, him is that I believe he's stated that when... Uh, when, he, when he passes away, he's going to move all of his money into an S&P 500 index fund for his trust. Oh, nice. For his family. So wow. instead, because he's not going to be around anymore to be right on top of making it. decisions about this stuff. So he's going to like move all his personal finances into an S&P 500 index fund. That's pretty fund. cool. So he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's betting his entire family's, you know, stake on on that that idea. So I, I would I would... There's something to it, maybe. I don't know. I, I think I think that there is, Brian. I have put my all of my assets in the S P five hundred. Uh considerable assets considerable. I might, <laughs> I might add. Yeah. Uh you know, and it hasn't you know it's when we've been in an upturn for a while now. Yeah. So I yeah. really have I don't really have a lot to go, you know. To compare it against, I'm sure it's there'll all be about, a down. It's all it's about average. timing yep. and all this stuff. And then some people will say, well, that number's not really real because of X, Y, and Z. And there's all this, you know, there's all this stuff out there. But at the end of the day, I need something simple that just works. Right. And um, 
over the test of time, I feel like uh, the S&P 500 has gotten it done. So anyway, kind of interesting. Um, and I will post this article over on mm-hmm. uh, com If anybody's interested, it's on com now. But just in case anybody missed it, it'll be on podcast.gentleman.com. What do we got next, Glenn? Brian, we have a tack from our good buddy, Jordan. Jordan has been a long time staunch supporter of supporter the site. I hung out with Jordan on Saturday. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, a local a local individual that we uh, enjoy as both a um, professional, professional gentleman, sir, as well as a, uh, a personal friend. Mm. So, um, yep. Yep. always insightful, quippy, sharp to the point. That's right. Um, leaves no stone unturned. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Jordan has posted a wonderful little article from IFL Science, which I believe stands for I Flipping Love Science. Oh. Yeah, or course. some derivative of that. Yep. And it's titled Twitter Fight Science Museum and Natural History Museum. That's not very descriptive, so I will tell you what this article is about, Ryan. Mm-hmm. The, the Brits, yes. our good friends across the pond, right. have a wonderful collection of museums mm-hmm. some might say the world's finest <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah with good reason yeah because they're awesome well yeah and two of the crown jewels mm-hmm. of the royal uh, national treasure here is oh excuse me are the um the natural history museum the british natural history museum and the science museum both incredible or so i've heard i'm going across the pond later this year i hope to partake in at least one yeah, of those should, experiences. If you're gonna be if you're gonna be over there, you should check out some museums while you're there. Oh man. I will have two kids in tow, like mm-hmm. small children, so that'll be hard. But I think we'll make it work. So yeah. not to get away from the point here. Um, so they have amazing museums. And one guy on Twitter, Bednars, at Bednars, excuse me, at Bednars, posed the question, who would win in a staff battle between Science Museum and Natural History Museum of London? And what exhibits or items would help you be victorious? Hashtag ask a curator. Simple question. Yeah, it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, both these museums answered the bell. Yes. And they had a back and forth, kind of like a a rap battle, if you were. Yeah. uh, Yes. About the extolling the virtues of each museum. Mm -hmm. And uh, Natural History Museum leads off with We Have Dinosaurs, No Contest. Which I, I, I like that. I agree with that. Um, but then the Science Museum comes back with, it's full. Uh, you know, the Natural History Museum of London is full of old fossils, but we have robots, a spitfire, and ancient poisons. Boom. Yeah. All right. And so this goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, I, I, I like it when uh, institutions like this kind of, you think of, you think of museums as boring. Right. right? And it's nice to see them embrace modern technology and have fun with each other. I mean, nobody's losing here. Both right. those places are, you know, people are going to visit them regardless. So it's just fun to see them go at each other. Um, I, I will say I learned quite a few things about both museums just by reading the, some of the stuff of the exhibits they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, a merman, a, nuclear, a Polaris nuclear missile. Um, I don't know. It was it was, it was quite intriguing. Yeah, it went they, on for a long time. They ended up in a truce, though. They ended up in a truce. Yes. Uh, friendly truce uh, with a picture of two dinosaurs walking down the road. And uh, But I, I thought they, they showed several pictures of stuff uh, that each museum has, and it was all very uh, interesting uh, creatures and exhibits that I had no idea existed. Um, what I was going to say was, uh, Glenn, you were talking about how uh, England has some great museums, mm. you know. And I was I remember I was talking to somebody once and they're like, Yeah, they've got great museums. They've been like taking stuff from every other country for like <laughs> a thousand years, basically. Yeah. So um Yeah. Not a thousand years, but you know what I mean. Um long time. For a few hundred years they've been basically pocketing everything from all these yeah. different countries because they were, you know Imperialists. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that there's a good reason why they have uh good museums. Um but uh I thought this is great. This reminded me of the Wendy's thing where Wendy started all of a sudden, we just started using Twitter to bash McDonald's and just mercilessly go after competitors. It was fantastic. Um, just really clever, you know, clever stuff. Little digs at McDonald's and stuff like that. Um, How great so would that all, be to be your job? Fun. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that would be a fantastic job. Just sit back and try to think Troll up clever people. Yeah, clever <laughs> tweets. 
Uh, anyway, Glenn, uh, All's Well It Ends Well, Ended in a Truce, I think we can both agree that both, I can officially say that both sound intriguing and I would like to go to both of them. Yes. It doesn't have to be a one or the other thing. So Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to make that happen one, one of the days we're there. We're, we're in London for about a week, so I, I hope, get a I chance hope to we, can, do that. we can get to do that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, Glenn. Well, those are some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. Uh, and now it's time for a little segment we like to call The Toast. Mm. Um, and this week, Glenn, uh, found out a little bit of information. Uh, information emerged on the Internet. Um, there's been all kinds of turmoil around mm. the Star Wars mm-hmm. film series you know, situation, which is distressing to hear for fans. Mm. Um, we know who is directing the second uh, Star Wars, you know what I mean? For so, now, so, so not the real. I mean, not the not the in between Star Wars and the non sequitur Star Wars movies. Yes, the, the this real, is like the this, real Star Wars. Okay, the one that J.J. Abrams, you know, wrote and directed, right. and then Rian Johnson, I think, or something like that. I can't remember what his name is. Hmm. He's the guy from uh, Looper, the, the director of yeah. Looper. Yeah, he's doing the second one, right? But <laughs> uh, you know, there was supposed to be his Han Solo movie. And right. uh, they had these two directors for it that directed 90% of the film. And then uh, they all of a sudden just announced they were splitting, like leaving the, leaving the production. And they moved Ron Howard in to direct. They called him the closer. Yeah. <laughs> so, but people are like, well, they've already filmed 90% of it. What, 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 what is he going to do? You know? and, and so anyway, so people are weirded out by that. And then it turns out that the, um, the third installment of the Star Wars remake mm-hmm. uh, did have another director and that person has left and now J.J. Abrams is doing the, that third installment there of the updated Star Wars. And so uh, I wanted to, to toast J.J. Uh, Abrams because he did a heck of a job, I mm. think, on the, uh, on the first reimagining of Star Wars since the original, I mean, the best one since the original Star Wars came right. out. Um, Even better than than uh, than George Lucas yeah. could pull off, um, you know, <laughs> the recent one. So, uh, but it was interesting because I was also reading that as soon as this happened. Well, first of all, I got some flack on Gentleman. I don't remember what member it was, uh, but somebody immediately commented that uh, it was like Episode Nine, Return of the Lens Flare, um, <laughs> which which is an, which is an app criticism. I think of some of his stuff. He does yeah. have a, a certain style He's about how a, he does a certain uh, yeah certain style about doesn't. But I, I I appreciated the fact that he didn't torpedo the series. That's a very difficult job to pull off. Like you're walking this really thin line of nostalgia and not nostalgia, and so it's a difficult position to be in. And he wants to put himself back in the fire and uh, and direct the the third installment of the modern remake of Star Wars. So I would say, uh, well done, sir. And a toast to him, and I wish him Godspeed, because he's got uh, the weight of the world on his shoulders now. I I, I would agree. He's so you, I looked up who who oh. the uh, gentleman member was. Ellen Caster, Elon mm-hmm. Caster. I don't know how to say this with him. Elon Caster. Elon Caster. Elon Caster. I think his yeah. name's Eric. Actually, oh, okay. He, he's oh, uh, Elon Caster. Yeah, he's okay. one of our uh, one of our brewmasters. Actually, oh really? Not. Not the Not gentleman brew, right? The gentleman brew. Yeah, <laughs> we're making great beer. It's going to be really cheap, really and, inexpensive. Uh, good. Yeah, uh, we're going to put a lot of money in this operation. Mm-hmm. Elancaster. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Elancaster mm-hmm. is the one that um, that quickly pointed it out, and uh, yeah, it's a good dude. Yeah, you know what, JJ Abrams, I had no desire to go see Star Trek mm. when it came out, mm-hmm. and. You know, you can say it's a big budget movie, big box office, money grab, whatever. But I, I liked it. I mm-hmm. liked it. Uh, it was pretty good. Pretty well take done. on it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I wasn't thinking it was going to be some, you know, world changing, you know, mm-hmm. life altering experience yeah. watching it. But I, I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable experience. You know what I liked about, uh, you know what I liked about J.J. Abrams when he was doing re- redoing the Star Wars that I was reading was that he brought in Lawrence Kasdan, who was the original co-writer of Return of the Jedi and The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. And uh, he might have been the solo writer on those movies. And so J.J. Abrams brought this guy in and, you know, that's that's a good sign. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, talking about the closer, like, 
guy that closed out the original Star Wars series. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty good credentials right he's, there. <laughs> he's all right. Yeah. He's all right in my book. So I, I, I read about that, and I I was pretty down with that. And yeah. um, I, But I, it was funny because I actually uh, was just reading today that somebody immediately started up a petition to get J.J. Abrams away from the movie because they were of the mind that it was too much of a ripoff of the previous Star Wars movie. And I have heard that criticism before. So it was too much of an homage to the original Star Wars. Which interesting. I get the point. Does but anybody ever argue that though? The, I get the point about that, but you're you're also like I was saying, you want to you've got to bring it back home. You know what I mean? Right. You got to bring it back. It's got to feel like part of the series. Yeah, you got to bring it back home cuz it got so far away the right. previous one. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. yeah. And so you got to you got to bring it on back. And it's like, where do you draw the line? It's hard. So I'm glad. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit, you know, kind of a throwback or whatever on some things, but I thought it was really well done. I liked it. I, I I'm excited that he's involved with it. So, so I, I have uh, an acquaintance who huge Star Wars fan, like a, a ner- like bona fide Star Wars nerd. Kevin Smith. Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah, me, and Kevin. <laughs> right. Uh, Silent Bob. Uh, no, and anyway, I was asking him when the first one came out, the first when they rebooted the series, mm. Abrams did it. Uh, I asked him, you know, what did you think about it? And, and he hated it because it wasn't true enough that something, I don't know what, it, I have no idea what he's talking about. But he, his main criticism was that it just didn't do the specific thing, that it was too, you know, Hollywood and too this and too that. And anyway, my point, my point being that while I, I'm sure there's always going to be people who hate what J.J. Abrams did to Star Trek yeah. and Star Wars, right? Yeah. But for 95% of the population, it was wonderful. Right. So, yeah. you know. How many billions of dollars they make on right. Star Wars? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and tell me which one you like better, J.J. Abrams' adaption or the modern uh, George Lucas, uh, what yeah. was it? Episode... Phantom Menace. Yeah, Phantom Menace, yeah. Episode one. Episode one. Yeah. So, riddle me that, Batman. I tried to convince myself when I was watching in the theater. <laughs> this is good. That, <laughs> <laughs> right. There's this great. Uh, this there's is this, fine. There's this everything. This is fine. I'm fine with this. Uh, there is this great episode of The Simpsons where they send uh, up. They 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 do a fake. They they they. they Everybody's really hyped to see this movie. That's it's basically Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they go in there in the theater and they're watching it. And you know, comic book guys there, and um, and it's this whole thing about the mayor and the Lord Sith and Mister Palpatine's, you know, blah blah blah, and just like this whole. They're just they're watching the movie and they're like, "What is this even about?" Like the senator and the you know what, and you're just and that's how you feel when you're watching those movies. Like there's just so much going on. You don't even know who any of the people Samuel are. Jackson? Yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, so anyway, it's just... Uh, so, yeah, I, did, I, I was just going to say. So I, I think that that really greatly sums up the yeah. uh, the George Lucas experience. He needed to walk away. Yeah. He needed to walk away. It was time. And um, to the tune of a few cool billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm cool with J.J. Abrams doing it. And look, there's going to be... Let me tell you something. There's going to be 150 more Star Wars movies yeah. for you to complain about or not, you know, or enjoy, you know? This is going to be like James Bond or something. They're going to be doing yeah. Star Wars movies all the time. That's a good point. It probably would be like a James Bond where you yeah. just, You're just, just going to go through it. It's going to be new... Yeah, it's going to be new things and new, you know, all the time, so... Interesting, but I'm I'm excited for December. Only a few months away, we're gonna get the next installment of Star Wars. So I'll, I'll be there anyway. Toast to J.J. Uh, Abrams. Well done for accepting the challenge again of uh, of taking on the Star Wars project. Okay, uh, Glenn. Now it's time to talk about the uh, <laughs> top topic. And this week, Glenn. Um, there's this thing that happened recently. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a small segment of the American population had their personal data. And when I say personal, I just mean things like their date of birth, their social security number, their home address, yeah. uh, driver's license number in some places. Next of kin. Uh, next of kin. Um, you know. High, eye color. Likes, dislikes. Uh, Height, weight. Yeah, exactly. Um, just preference. little stuff like that. Um 
was and by a small percentage of the population. Oh, yes. you mean I, I, by 143 million people. So um, just a certain percentage of Americans, you know, um, may or may not, may may or may not. I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, this this company Equifax, who is supposed to be like handling your credit information. Uh, accidentally left an outdated server out there, and some people got a hold of 143 million records of people's data. Um, and so, the, but that wasn't the worst part, actually, that happened from this, um, depending on how you view it. Uh, maybe the worst part about how this was, what happened was how it was handled by Equifax afterwards, uh, because they, they actually um, tried to respond to it by setting up a separate website where they would take the last six digits, six digits of your social security number and (laughs) your name. And it looked exactly like a phishing scam because it was some random domain. And they were asking for six digits of your social security number, which basically, if you know anything about, you know, uh, stuff is like, if you give somebody six digits out of nine, uh, you can use computers to get the rest of those digits. So it was very yeah. like off-putting. Um, and then, further, the messaging was really weird. Right. Where they said, instead of saying, your data has been compromised, you could tell they just had some marketers do some stuff and write the copy out. Because like, the, the copy that actually got... You know, to the people that had definitely been compromised right. was like, well, maybe there's a chance that your data might have been a part of this breach. We're not saying you did. We're not saying you did. But we're but not maybe. saying you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then and there are people that said, oh, no, we don't think you're, you got, you know, your data was part of this. And then there's a third message that was sign up for our right. um, new service that we're going to give you for free for a year. Yep. That is basically a monitoring service to see if anybody's trying to use your stuff. Right. Which is so messed up, I don't even know how to like begin. because They're basic, selling their own screw They're up. selling their own service as an answer for their own Mistake. screw up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On a site that Where looks, the problem and the solution. It looks like a phishing scam. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have the wherewithal to give you a direct message about what exactly happened at right. all. So they just basically bungled this whole entire thing and you were telling me before the podcast that if you accept this year of free credit monitoring for yes. them that you are uh, disavowing any right to sue them or right. be a part of a class, class action, action lawsuit, lawsuit regarding you're this waving your right yeah and also a couple other things that were interesting Brian about this uh, the site that they set up what was the URL? It's like trusted ID advisor or something.com. No, no, no. It was oh, like 20, Equifax 2017 data, bre- data uh, breach. Yeah. com. So I, I, I heard some interesting, like, oh, they're leaving themselves totally wide open for 2018's data breach. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they probably registered 30 domains. Um, and uh, the other thing, too, is that they use uh, a, a, a simple, like, WordPress site to set up this. Um, you know this this mini site for you to sign up for their new product uh, and to see if you got scammed, right? And then which is which is bad in itself because uh, if you are in charge of a lot of people's information like that, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't be using an out of the box thing that you know bloggers use. But anyway, that has is riddled with security problems, right? As it is, right? Oh, and it's the biggest platform in the world, which means every hacker in the world is ha- is like right. trying to hit that, yeah. Anyway, and then the third thing, Brian, is that uh, hours before, um, well, I should say hours before, I don't, I don't exactly know the time frame, but uh, right before they broke the news, like they sat on the news for a little bit, mm-hmm. and right before they broke it, um, some of the execs, it uh, looks like the president of Information Solutions and the president of Workforce Solutions sold stock worth almost $1.8 million in the company. Yeah. So they just kind of dumped it right before the, uh, which is I'm pretty sure illegal. That's insider trading. Yeah. So they're under investigation right I, now. I hope their asses get flamed for it. Yeah, they came out and said that they had no idea that was going on. Right. And yeah, yeah. Um, sure. You no, know, I didn't. The stock dropped like fifteen percent or something like <laughs> yeah. that immediately. Um, maybe more. I can't remember. But. Um, Shame on you. My question is, like, at what point are there going to be actual repercussions and consequences yes. for these companies that allow this much of our data to get breached? If they're in charge of it, yep, they should be on the hook for protecting it. Yep. And uh, if something like this happens, I think jail time's 
probably something that should be on the table for these for the people that are in charge of making sure these things happen. I'm not talking about like the guys that are day to day in charge. Right. I'm talking about the people that are like the CEO of this corporation. It's like an oil leak or something right. like that. You know, like uh, punitive damages. Yeah, there's some stuff, or or at least massive fines. I mean, mm-hmm. like crippling fines. Yeah, that that is. They should be put out of business for this one. They should. And yeah. you know, I'm not look. Mistakes happen, right? And it's not like who knows what they were doing. I, I, I based on what I've seen, it's probably a Mickey Mouse operation. Uh, just yeah. on how they've handled it. Oh yeah, you so, look at how they handle it, and you're like, okay, these people had access to th- all of our information. This That's makes, not good. Yeah, this makes sense. But yeah. yeah, you bring up a good point. Like if if a company is getting our social security number and all of our information, then they should be on the hook for when it gets taken from them. Yeah. So and that would give a lot of people more pause when they go to set up these, you know. "Quote unquote secure services right. to monitor things. I mean, because right. it's not like they didn't have the money to do that, right? You know, right? Anyway, massive, massive organization, horrible leadership, horrible handling of a. Yeah, uh, I don't know why this is a hot button topic, other than well, it's well, hot Brian, button because do you think it was good or bad? No, uh, it's, it's hot button because it's like uh, on the pulse. It's a controversial a nerve thing that that just happened um and it ticked a lot of people off i mean yes. myself included when i was trying to to do this I, I got over to their little site that they set up and they asked for six <laughs> digits of my social security number on a domain that i didn't recognize and i was like well this could be just like a a news story that accidentally linked to this phishing scam and then i'm right all of a sudden giving somebody my information so i just immediately closed yep. up and got out of there yep and it's like who what boardroom are people sitting at where there's not a tech person there, there's not an engineer there to say, hey, this has to be on Equifax.com because otherwise it looks like a phishing scam. I mean, where... Right. I, you know, like, why is there not somebody in the room telling them that? You know, it, it, in a WordPress site? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, who, if they don't have an engineer there to talk to them about these things, then that's a, that's a big, 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 big problem. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the decision-making tree. That yeah. this thing sprouted yeah. from. Oh, I guarantee it's all marketing. Right. Let's, let's hand this over to marketing. New domain. All right. Let's distance yeah. ourselves from the problem. Yeah, exactly. New domain. Yeah. And this uh, is a great opportunity we, to we sell can, a new service. And really kick the tires on WordPress while we're at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, turning it... And the worst thing is turning it into an opportunity to sell a new product. That is... That's like the lowest thing I think I've ever... I could ever... You're going <laughs> to... You're going to uh, not have the ability to, to be a part of a class action lawsuit and... Uh, we're trying to get you on the hook so that you'll buy this service that we're going to try to sell you after a year's over. I could, you know, it'd be the right thing to do is offer that service for free forever. Yeah, yeah, because you know they, you know, took you behind the woodshed. They're basically. responsible for putting your data out there, right? So, but they make you go do all this stuff. So you got to take time out of your life to go figure all this stuff out. I, I hope that they. Get their just desserts, Brian. At some point, there's got to be a moment because there's you know this, you keep you read about this every three weeks. Somebody's got yep. a data problem, you know. Yeah. Um, so well, and I and on the other side of the coin too, like I know how careful you are. You're in charge of architecting yeah. the gentleman's system, right? So to speak. I mean, that, right. and you're in charge of basically somebody's email address and their username, right? I'm trying to think of any other. No, we don't take any other information no. other than that. Yeah, I mean, maybe first or last name if they provide it, right? But this is all information that uh, you know, and you're very religious about you know keeping things secure and everything, right. and you're just you're not even in charge. Of, the, the worst that can happen, I think, is if somebody gets into their account and posts to stuff the gentleman, yeah, <laughs> without your consent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden, you get all these posts about yeah, pizza. I was hacked on gentlemen. On your, yeah, <laughs> a gentleman got hacked. A gentleman got hacked. That's not a picture of my. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a DM. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I try to be careful. I, you can't really prevent everything, and we don't have a full security staff to uh, to, right. to be in charge of stuff. So, uh, you know, I do what I can. Uh, if somebody really wanted to just really break into gentlemen, I I they could probably find a way to do it. Um, but I'm pretty diligent about taking care of that stuff. I feel a, a responsibility to, you know, at least, you know, be be pretty serious about it when we're when we're doing that stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and, and but it seems like these guys are just like, yeah, whatever. 
We got these it's security, just social security numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just their personal data. Well, you can sensitive. tell that the thing is, you can tell that that's the, there's never been any real repercussions for this stuff when this happens and this is the response to it. Right. Like, you know, these guys are just this like CEO, just like, ah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. You know, we'll get through this, guys. Yeah, we'll just create a new product and use this as an opportunity to sell it. You know, we're taking some lemons and making some lemonade out of this, I feel like. Oh, good God Almighty. Yeah. So, anyway, well. Hopefully there'll be some real repercussions at some point, and then this kind of stuff will quickly end because mm-hmm. uh, you know that VW thing where the they were uh, oh yeah dialing emissions. down the emissions on yeah. diesel stuff. Mm-hmm. The one of the main engineers that was involved with that is doing jail time yeah for it you know because basically deceived uh, millions and millions of people about what was going on you know and that was something that was like. From the top down, yep, they were pressuring them on and stuff. So anyway, kind of interesting stuff. I don't know. It's like where does the line get drawn? I feel like there needs to be stiffer penalties, but I don't know where that is. Somebody's going to have to be made an example of. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> That's just how this and works. It's probably not going to be the CEO. Um, nope. Anyway, Glenn. Um, so moving on. <laughs> moving on. That means it's time for the final segment of the Gentleman Podcast, which is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. And uh, this week, Glenn. Uh, you know, October's just around the corner. Yes. It's time for all things scary, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, man. And, uh, I believe our aforementioned, uh, user Jordan. Yes. Posed this question to you. Over the weekend. At a get-together. Uh, and so we thought this was a great question for the, uh, the question from the general mailbag. Although not mailed in. We do make exceptions. Yeah, it's close enough. Close enough. This was in person, this so I like consider a, it yeah. a step beyond. That's true. Jordan delivered the message directly. Verbatim. Um, so anyway, this question is, uh, you know, people handle fear differently. Hmm. How do you handle yourself in a haunted house situation, in a scenario mm-hmm. a haunted house? Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I, I'm kind of odd about fear. Uh, actually, I respond to fear kind of the same way I, re- I respond to pain, mm. and that's I usually punch something, right? Um, which isn't good when somebody is jumping out at me trying to scare right. me, yeah, because they're just asking for a shot in the mouth. I mean, right. it just it's just I have mm. to. So I've been. My wife loves haunted houses, mm. mm-hmm. and it's th- the worst time of the year for me because we used to go like every year. And I would just like shuffle through here in town. No, in Kansas City. Oh, uh, we go to a big haunted house there, Edge of Hell yeah. or yeah. The Beast or whatever okay. one. Yeah, they have a slide at the end. I don't know. Anyway, so I would just shuffle through and like look down at the ground, and I couldn't be in front because I wasn't looking. Right. You know. And right. Anyway, I, I've never hit anybody. Knock on wood. Yet, yeah. But if I go to a haunted house, there's always that. You know. I've definitely been around you when you get spooked about something and the fists come flying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think you're telling the truth about that. I, I, I don't know what it is. Same thing when I'm hurt. Like, if yeah. I... I uh, well, th- th- this also came up in our conversation over the weekend with when, when Jordan was there. Uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I've had situations where I've hit my head and then, like, you know... I was actually I was putting away socks in this drawer and this thing fell out and like hit my head and it really hurt. I was like God and I like hit the wall with my fist and I punched through the the wall, uh, which which is not good. Uh, right. But I will say that the 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 sheet it's not that impressive because the sheet rock's like paper thin. Right. It's like like a I don't know those Chinese wall separators anyway. Anyway, Brian, I don't respond well. Is the is the uh, answer to that question? Yeah, usually with violence, and I'm a very you know like it's probably the last thing you expect, but yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to think about this, and I've only been when I get scared, I jump and yeah. I scream like a little girl sometimes. <laughs> um, I definitely if I get freaked, I'll I'll like run. Mm-hmm. Basically, is my uh, <laughs> my inclination, um, you know. Uh, I was, but I was trying to think of haunted house particular situations, and I've been, it's been a long time since I've been in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do remember one particular time when I I have an older sister; she's about three years older than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time when we were kids, we went to the local 
haunted house mm-hmm. and uh, we go in there and she absolutely flips out she <laughs> is crying and horrified and scared to death how old was she at the time uh, i don't know 30? maybe maybe <laughs> 7 or oh, something okay. 7 or 8 7 oh, or 8 little kid and uh but i was like 4 or 5 and i was fine with it i was like whatever you know um but then much later in life i went to a little uh, it's not really a haunted house it's called the old mill mm-hmm. and it is a uh it's a water-based ride at the state fair oh and what you do is you get in a boat and they take you around this thing <laughs> the mill and it's 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 very dark except for a little bit of like flashing lights and stuff yeah, yeah. and they have all these people there to scare you yeah you know um and I got around 90% of that thing, like 90% of it. And I was just, I was totally cool, you know, like, yeah. cause I was, I think I was with a date or something, you know? And so I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, these people like walking around trying to scare us. Well, towards the very end of it, right before you're about to get off, they stationed, you know, probably their top notch, scary the person. Yeah, the, the closer. Guy, the closer. <laughs> and the it, was, it was pitch black. Oh, and no. you know, <laughs> no, I just feel, uh, like a, maybe a tap on my shoulder oh. and a, a yell and then like a light comes on and it's, you know, somebody right there, you know, and you don't, you don't expect it. And I think I like screamed and jumped, <laughs> you know, uh, I probably, it's, it's a wonder I didn't jump out of the boat and in the water. Yeah, into the water and start swimming away or something. It, it scared the, the crap out of me. Uh, oh. So I, I do, I think I, I haven't gone to any of the modern, uh, modern haunted houses I did watch a, a story about a guy that made a house at, or made a haunted house at his house. We talked about that on Gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. That was really on cool. On the podcast, I mean. It's a really cool hobby to have. I mean, he got really into it. But um, yeah. But yeah, I uh, I think I think my 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 response is more uh, screaming and running. Mm. Um, so it's hard to say which would be more effective, you know, in a real scenario. Oh, it's not good. Um, Either way. Yeah. So. I. I. I don't know what it is. I just don't even think. One time, one time, this I'll never forget this. We were at uh, some family member's house, and I was in the bathroom, and I come out of the bathroom, and it's a dark hallway, and Lynn, out of nowhere, just jumps and yells "boo," and I turn around, and I was, I was like about ready, <laughs> I had to catch myself, and like, oh, that's the woman you love, like you right. probably shouldn't punch Decker. her in the wall, right. and yeah. it was. It was a little touch and go there. I was like, yeah. you know, yeah. at this point, probably should never do that to me ever again. Right. Um, right. So, I don't handle it well, Brian. Yeah. I just, I'm just not built for that. Well, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, well, I, you know, the haunted house thing reminds me, though. I should, uh, I should, uh, just punch them. <laughs> yeah, that'd go over well. Uh, we know there's these things, too, where, um, there's things now where it's not a haunted house. It's like they go to a field, and yes. it's like a weekend, no. and you're camping out, no. and people are roaming around, like no. actively trying to kidnap you and like, you know, put you in these scenarios I, and stuff. <laughs> man, what's wrong with people? I, I, I that must people must like this. I don't understand it. I I, li- I like to watch. It. I like to watch scary movies. Yeah. I do like to watch scary right. movies, but I. Controlled environment. I don't think I would. I will. I don't think I'd want to put myself in that situation because you never know what really who you're dealing with and what's going on here. You know what I mean? Like sleep deprived. Yeah. I just there's there's some stuff there that's a little bit too loosey goosey. I think, and I don't really know the particulars about how they handle some of this stuff. But um, yeah, I'll watch some scary movies. I'll go to a haunted house, um, but I'm not gonna like set, pay money to get kidnapped and. Uh, <laughs> Field in Illinois or something. I'm just, you know, you've seen um, me, myself, and Irene. Yeah, uh, an yeah. underrated Jim Carrey movie, right? But a, a classic nonetheless. Yeah. And I feel like I'm a little bit like his character uh, in that. <laughs> Stay with me here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm having all these flashbacks of things that happened sons. in that movie. No, no. Uh, you know, like he's a mild mannered guy, right. and then something snaps, and right. he turns into a different person. Yeah. That is that is how I am. Yeah, that's and 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 in the camping situation, mm-hmm. 
It would not be good. Yeah. It just wouldn't be good. I don't even... I'm I'm not an opposing person. I'm not a big man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely true. So don't sneak up on Glenn. Don't do it. Uh, Just don't do it. It's like waking somebody up at sleepwalking. You just don't want to do it. I've never heard that before. I guess that makes sense. Well, I don't know. (laughs) They do say that about sleepwalkers. I don't know why. But you're not supposed to wake them up. I, I have a friend who... Is so bad at sleepwalking. He woke up and he was driving a car. He was like halfway to Eudora. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm awake that, now. That person should not be. <laughs> they should not have a driver's license. No. That... Does it matter? Yeah. You know, I have a driver's does. license when you. Yeah. I mean, if you got keys to the car. Well, they shouldn't have a car. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll tackle that. That's uh, another story. Another story. <clears throat> um, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, that that should squarely end uh, Gentleman Podcast episode number 122. Yeah, on the head. Um, a couple weeks, we'll have episode 123. We'll be full on into October. Oh, uh, it's your favorite time of year, it's, isn't it? This is my favorite time of year. It's just starting. I just got back from the Winfield uh, Walnut Valley Fest Bluegrass Festival. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. I had a great time. Yeah. Um, got to listen to some bluegrass music. Avoided some weather. Drink some beers. Avoided some weather. Decompressed. Charged up. Ready to rock for uh, fall and awesome. uh, October. So uh, be on the lookout for episode number one twenty three in a couple weeks. We appreciate everyone that listens to the podcast and uh, let us know if there's anything we can do for you. Uh, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. See you guys in two weeks for episode number twenty three. Good night. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> <laughs>